0: All right, folks, welcome back to the last Mountain West Wire podcast football edition. Most of these are going to be football. MWR.com, you know where to find us Facebook, Twitter, all the same stuff. Uh, Jeremy Moss here with Matt Kennerly. This particular episode is not a season preview show. We are talking actual news because it's new season. Campus here, media day passed, and we're, what are we, Matt? What is this? Because um, this is going to post actually this Sunday, August 5th. 21 days till football starts. CSU. That would be 20. Oh, 20. Oh, my. Less than three weeks.
1: You can now uh, almost count it on your hands and toes. Well, actually, you can you count can. it on your hands and
0: toes. Most people, right? Yeah. I hope so. I hope you're able to. Sorry, that was kind of rude. But, yeah, 20 days away. So we're going to start mixing in these um, actual news podcasts with our season previews. Matt, you're doing some Camp Roundup because we can't write articles on everything, even though we'd like to. It can be tough. So check us out in the evening. And I promise, this is not a fake promise like before newsletter in the morning is going to come out with other news that's not maybe not camp related but just um other random mountain west tangential stuff like brian urlacher had a great speech at the hall of fame over the weekend that's pretty cool that might be in there stuff like that so aaron hey Matt should i put some aaron judge links in there for you is that going to be help you out
1: well i mean you got to give the people what they want and the people like dingers (laughs) of course they
0: do as mark mcguire always said or homer simpson in the episode give them some dingers all right so we're going to talk um like i said media day new stuff yeah, media. Day, media is a week ago, but that's not a big deal. We want some more info to you guys. So where should we start? Matt, you suggested we should just compare how great our preseason stuff to the media, right?
1: Well, I think what's most interesting <laughs> if you go back and look at how our staff voted for you know the first team, Mountain West, you know all conference team, and how the the wider you know media ended up doing the same exercise. You know, by and large, it was mostly the same. And I think what was interesting is seeing like the big differences between the two. And one of the big probably the biggest one of them that we heard a lot about, especially from Boise State fans, was you know the conversation around who is who is better going into 2018, Alexander Madison or Juwan Washington? Because as a staff, and you know, I went back and I looked at how you and I voted individually. You and I both had Juwan Washington on our first team and Madison as a second team. The media, however, had it the other way around. or Rather, they didn't actually do a second team. They had Madison on their all-conference team. So I think that that's a worthwhile starting point because, you know, this is a conversation that we're probably going to hear about a lot, you know, through non-conference play, you know. Until these two teams face off with each other in the middle of the year, and probably even afterwards, you know Ooh. who is more deserving
0: tipping of your that hand. spot. You're tipping your hand there, Matt. We haven't talked about the astics yet. Well, that's true, <laughs> but no, it's right. That was it like running back is deep. It's not just those two guys. Like there's other like Izzy Matthews. He's a really good running back. I here's the reason I made my pick the way I did. Track record's a big deal. State of States had first time never been done. Two back to back two thousand yard rushers. Last year, they did it with basically a brand-new offensive line with, with Rashard Penny, who went on to be the first-round pick with the Seahawks. That line is, is what – is it four of the five starters back or is it all five starters back? I, I
1: mean, believe it's all five starters, yeah.
0: And Dwan Washington, he's been playing since – for three years. Like, he was the third string with uh, Pump, Donald Pumphrey and Penny and still put up, I think, five or six touchdowns, had a good yards average per touch uh, – yards per carry, I should say. And then even and last year, in the past year or so, with – you got to go by track record. It's like, okay, should we pick a Boise quarterback just because? Well, they're good, but also they they're known to do well. And but it's not just the player itself. Yes, Madison looked great. He had the ankle injury last year, and you remember he hurt himself also in that was a Cactus Bowl last year as well, left the game, and that was out for a little while. But I went with Washington because look what the Aztecs have done for the years past. It's hard to ignore that with a great offensive line back, We know they're going to run a ton, even though Chapman's back for another year could break records for most winning this QB ever in San Diego State history. But we know they're going to run the ball a lot. For Boise State, they're going to run and pass because they'll throw two guys out there from Brett Rippon to whomever. He's going to put up a lot of numbers. So for me, it's kind of maybe takes away a little bit for what Madison can do. I just go with like, look what the Aztecs have done. They've had the best running back each of the past two years. And the best, one of the best running attacks in the country, the past couple of years, and so that was my pick. Like, I, I I'm basically going by numbers, to why I went that way, and so that's why I did not put uh, Madison number one.
1: We probably should have prefaced this whole thing by saying it wouldn't surprise us to see you know Madison no. and Washington on the first team, all conference team at the end of the year, but. You know, I'll I'll take your point a little bit further and say, you know, track record matters. And if you dig into Washington's production, you have to kind of look at what he's done over the last two years. You know, because obviously Madison had the full year as a starter, as the number one guy for Boise, and he did have a thousand and eighty six yards last year. He had twelve touchdowns, and he contributed a little bit as a receiver too. And that's all well and good. But if you go back and look at what Washington has done in the last couple of years. You know, between 2016 to 2017 he had 1200 yards rushing. And he did it in fewer carries than Madison did last year. He had 55 carries in 2016, 127 carries last year. That's an average of 6.6 6 yards per carry.
0: That's good. That's really that,
1: good. That's a full yard and a half better than what Madison averaged last year.
0: That's also more than Lexington Thomas got this past year.
1: And so I think that with a larger workload, you know I think you're right with the experience that they have coming back on the offensive line for San Diego State. You know he's I mean I don't want to say he's a shoe in for two thousand yards, but the way that they that they've run the ball the last few years shouldn't really surprise anybody if he does do that much. The big question I have is whether they'll need him to run for that many yards, just because. You know they've got three or four three star guys in the in the you know in the running game who could potentially step up. We'll talk about that more in the Aztecs podcast to come. You know, but he may not necessarily need to have the same kind of workload that Penny and and before him Donnell Pumphrey had, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he that they that they won't because of course Pumphrey was a guy who was had a similar stature you know he was a small yeah. guy they gave him 300 carries in 2015 yeah so i don't think that they're necessarily going to do that again but you know it wouldn't shock me i wouldn't say that there's a non-zero chance that they do it
0: well true but then also i'm looking at like we're not gonna dive too deep because it Aztecs show coming come up soon but tw- like penny averaged 22 carries last year per game Mm-hmm. Like he had five games where he. Did, I know people could point to the Fresno Boise game where he didn't do all that well, which is fine. But versus Army, he he touched the ball fourteen times with two hundred plus yards, two twenty one. So they had six games with two hundred yards. Now I don't know if Washington will do that. Like you mentioned, two thousand yards is ridiculous, and back to backs never never been done three times will probably never be broken, you know, by anywhere in the country, and at least not anytime soon. But why would they go away from something that's so successful? Like I don't. Like Again, Aztecs show later, but do you expect Chris, Christian Chapman to throw for like three thousand yards and like complete seventy percent of his passes? No, he's fine. He does a good job, but he's not going to be. The Aztecs aren't going to turn into some team that's going to throw 75 percent of the time. And so, mm-hmm. why go for what's broken? So that's this kind of our point. Why Washington? He hasn't proven it, but it's more potential than actual actuality.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think you know everybody points to like you said, Penny coming up a little bit short against both fresno and boise last year but i mean there were instances where madison was his production was maybe a little quieter than people might have expected like you know and, and some of it is situations where they didn't necessarily need him to have a big game you know they won big against air force for instance and he only had 42 yards rushing on 17 carries you know in the you know, in the conference championship game, he had 50 yards on 14 carries. Well, so in... got
0: hurt and left that game. Or no, that was the other, or was it the title? No, it was the title game he left. That's right.
1: And so, you know, some of that comes down to like, you know, the need to, to rely on him. Because obviously when when they needed him to have a big game last year, he answered the bell more than once. Which that I think is one of those things that, you know, Madison has on Washington is, you know, this proven production to kind of come up big when it matters, you know. Look no further than the Colorado State game.
0: But, again, like, here's a couple of things. Like, we could argue back and forth about different ways. But, like, yeah, yeah. versus Nevada, like, you say, oh, Penny did bad against the two best defenses he faced all year, did terrible. Madison had 64 yards versus a terrible Wolfpack defense. He had 11 11- I know Virginia game was different. He wasn't fully healthy. But he had, like, yes, he had 91 versus Wyoming I mean, that's good. But 42 yards versus a terrible... Um, Air Force defense, yeah, they won big, and I i don't remember how many snaps he played, but still, he seventeen carries for forty yards. Like there's games, like every game, Penny was given the ball fifteen or twenty two times, not fifteen, but every time he did it, he made opportunities. It didn't matter who he played, and so when you're getting only like I said, sixty yards versus Nevada, forty versus Air Force, he hey for his know he had sixty three yards, he had fifty in the title game, and so he only averaged like three and a half yards per carry or almost, well, almost four and three and a half yards per carry against Fresno. So you can't point point say, aha, Penny did terrible in those two games. When you look at a healthy Madison where he can't put up, a hundred, barely crossed 100 yards against, Fresno, against um, Air Force in Nevada.
1: Now watch, they're both probably going to run for like 15 yeah. yards and 18 touchdowns. Probably. And make, this, make this whole conversation moot.
0: But my point is you can't point to Penny having two bad games last year. Then you can't look at Madison where when he was healthy, he wasn't doing all that good.
1: But. So maybe, so maybe too long didn't listen. Um, <laughs> there is no wrong answer in this in this argument.
0: Player's choice.
1: Player's choice.
0: Or, yeah. Fans choice. Fans choice. Fans choice. Whatever you want to go with. So, and as for Thomas, um, Lexington Thomas, um, we'll see. Because, real quick, um, our guy um, Keith put a piece up. Um, Armani Rogers predicted a bowl game. So there's that. That's true. Any other players um, you wanted to mention? Damian Baber being on the kind of the other difference for uh, DB compared to what we had on first team
1: that one did surprise me and you know i I wondered if most of it had to do with the fact that when we put our staff vote together you know if you've if you've gone and looked at it you'll you'll know this already but if you haven't i would encourage you to do it because the media tends to do things very general like they ask for four defensive backs whereas we asked for two cornerbacks and two safeties and what the media ended up with was, you know, they had Tariq Thompson, they had Andrew Wingard, they had Tyler Horton. But Baber surprised me if only because a lot of his production came in one game last year. It was that San Jose State game where he had, you know, three touchdowns, three interceptions rather. Um, and so that surprised me a little bit because I thought that, you know, Kokola Nawahini, who we've heard a lot of Boise State fans clamoring that, you know, among other all-conference lists out there. He wasn't getting nearly enough respect. And I think that if you go back and look at what he did last year, look at his production, I think that I would tend to agree. Like, you know, maybe he doesn't, you know, show up in the the, the highlight reels week in and week out, but he was a very integral part of a very young Broncos secondary last year. And – you know, his spot is secure. We know he's going to go out there. He's probably going to rack up 100 tackles again. And, you know, with a handful of interceptions, pass breakups, and and tackles for loss, probably that you're going to be able to look forward to. To me, that seemed like a very easy choice that, you know, in my opinion, at least as an individual, I think the media maybe overlooked that one.
0: I'm wondering if they went back, because remember, he was like a, he was a freshman All-American, back, For speaking of paper there, sorry kind of the go back and forth maybe why he was there because he had a great freshman year and he hasn't really like he's been fine and been good but he hasn't been great at all after that first year like interception had been okay he had six in 27 or what am I looking at, 2016 but like when you look at everything overall it's like he hasn't really gotten significantly better year in and year out so i wonder if they're going off oh he had that one oh he had two touchdowns three picks great but like i said san jose state one game like his TFLs, any significant number you look at were basically worse in 2017 than 2016.
1: Well, and one of the things that, you know, we talked about a little bit on Twitter, but I think it's worth mentioning here on the podcast, safety is loaded in the Mountain West, if you take a step back and look at it. You know, there were Wyoming fans who were saying, well, what happened to Marcus Epps? You know, Marcus Epps, you know, he got a few votes and I think he barely made it onto the the third team um, that we put together you know, he's a very good safety. Parker Baldwin's a very good safety. Let's not even – I mean, we talked about Nawahini. Let's not forget DeAndre Pierce is also a very good safety. And, you know, Baber is a pretty good safety, yes. But with the Sauni Rufus coming back for the Wolfpack, he might not even be the best safety on his own team when 2018 is said and done. And so maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, I I don't know how – I don't know if there's one way to explain it away. But, you know, there's – Maybe ten guys who are deserving of, you know, an all conference recognition who happen to play, you know, the two spots on the field where there's a lot more talent than, I don't know, anywhere else. Well, look at in our Mountain
0: top, West. Look at our top fifty. It's like it's loaded with defensive backs and safeties. Yes, like it's not just all running back, quarterback. It's like uh, I don't know that all here, but there's like plenty of guys. I think you broke it down. Oh no, maybe not. But there's plenty of defensive backs. Like maybe we well Tyler Horton had even gotten to him yet he's up pretty high but we'll have like Horton we'll have uh, let's see here Avery Williams there's plenty of you guys My I can't scroll here my computer's being weird but like Juju Hughes you have Damian Baber made our list like he was was he we already did Baber's what 29th on our, or no that's my individual list but I did like top 30 maybe that's a bit high but you have plenty of guys Jericho Flowers at, for, at UNLV who's number 50 on the list there's Mike Bell it's like there's plenty of guys in that position so don't i know the recognition is great for your team ah where's this guy where's wingard where's um maps like you said all these other guys but it's super deep and so there can be a guy who doesn't make the f- first second team or maybe even honorable well, honorable mention hard to do but like postseason come around who might not be a first or second team guy but still get like drafted in the nfl or lots with a team that whenever he goes
1: you mean like josh yeah. allen yeah.
0: what do you mean oh yeah josh allen there you go perfect example top 10 pick perfect but don't don't get caught up too much in this. There's reasons why, but Baber is a kind of a head scratcher. The running back, I could clearly make an argument for any of those guys. Mm-hmm. But Baber, it's like, come on, really?
1: Yeah, and there was a similar kind of situation at linebacker as well, where you know we had put Malik Reed, Jeffrey Allison, and Logan Wilson.
0: Excuse me, on. turnover machine, Logan Wilson.
1: Turnover machine. Yes, that's true. And you know the big difference between our vote and the media's vote was Jelani Tavai. And so, you know, my question for you is, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at who you voted for. Can't
0: okay, do that. I don't have that. You, okay.
1: So, so you you actually had the same three that our staff as a whole voted for Reed, Allison, Logan, Wilson. But do you think that our staff got it right do you, by putting Wilson ahead of Tavai? Uh,
0: they're both really good. I think part of it, because if you look at Tavai, he was two-time all-Mountain West first team, right? I
1: believe he was a second team last I'm year. I'm
0: looking at the asterisks. I'm trying to pull it up here on the actual website there for the Mountain West because I screenshotted the voting they did, but it has like two asterisks I'm looking to see. But it's another close one. Here's the thing. Wilson, he makes more plays. Like, he scores points. He turn forces turnovers. And it could be two th- a couple things, poss- possibility, is that when you play in a really good defense and your team, even though Wyoming wasn't that great last year, they still did, he did very well on a a crowded defense. Whereas with Hawaii, they were not good. Kind of hard to watch them a little bit. And their defense just gave up so many points. I wonder if that had something to do with it on our end. I don't know because, you know what I mean? Like if you play in a crowded team and you still stand out, that's a big deal, right? That's kind of where I go with it.
1: I mean, I think that that's a fair argument. I would just, I would make the case that, you know, of those three situations that we just talked about, I feel like at the end of twenty eighteen, you know, Tavai is the one guy who might make us look silly for overlooking him. He could for, be... for putting him on the second team rather than the first team. Well, how Allison. did you,
0: how, how did you vote?
1: Oh, I voted for Wilson and Tavai.
0: Okay, did you did usually um, Allison. I know you kept him in there, right?
1: No, I had Reed, Tavai, and Logan Wilson as my first team linebackers.
0: It's it again. It's like splitting hairs. There's a lot of good linebackers in the conference. That's true. So it's like, well, is it really that bad? But Tavai, he's been there a while too, but so is Wilson now. He's going to be a junior. I'm fine with it. It's not. He could be, okay, if he has like a Frank Ginda like year. yeah, it will look stupid if he has like 150 tackles or something. But part of the reason he may put up big numbers is the Hawaii's defense isn't good. They're going to be on the field a lot. And so I just remember the thing last year where Richard Penny was carrying him down the field while Tavai was trying to tackle him. He couldn't tackle him. Mm-hmm. so it's, I'm not saying that was a decision maker but I, I had a tough choice I was debating between like a couple of those guys like put it to buy I'm like crap I don't have him do I need to take out Malik Reed because Malik Reed is changing positions as well so maybe he shouldn't be on the first team because he's playing a new spot this year
1: I just thought it was worth bringing up because I oh. thought it was an interesting disparity
0: if I if I were to take a guy out like I'd probably take out Reed out just because he's, he's now a linebacker and he wasn't last year
1: I mean, all these guys are going to be really good. Yeah. Just just to just to put that out there again.
0: Yeah. And we did a three-team, and so we're better than the first team, so you guys can suck it. We did better. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it get, well, it's, two things. It does, Well, not just be kind of snarky, but if you go three teams deep, it gives a bigger picture of where guys are at. If you do a first team, it's like, well, how close were you to, beyond, to being – not that we give out our vote numbers, but I'm just saying three teams gives it more perspective a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Okay, how surprised were you? The order finished that Fresno dominated San Diego State.
1: You were talking about the media vote, poll, right? not our
0: poll. The media poll, yeah.
1: That was a little surprising.
0: Because if not for one person who put UNLV second, we would have had a tie in our in our voting. Because they split first place votes.
1: How um, so? If that had happened, how would we have determined who we would put at the top? Co number ones. Coin flip.
0: No, co number ones. There's no games he played. I'd just say they tied for number one.
1: Oh, okay, that makes sense.
0: Well, it's like any other voting, <laughs> but number one. Yeah, but that was. I was surprised it was 16 to six because I they both bring back a ton of talent. I guess the big thing of they it could go back to why uh, Juwan Washington wasn't the starting running back on the All Conference team from the guys who voted in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the big question, which it is. But I, I just thought it'd be closer. Like I, I think I put Fresno State because of what they have coming back and -hmm. because mcmarion i think the quarterback he'll have a bigger year last year once he actually can learn everything and not have to go on the fly for the whole season after like three weeks of hanging out in fresno from coming over from corvallis but that's that was that was the biggest surprise for me i think in the disparity of the voting between them and us on that part
1: yeah it definitely seemed like at the at a minimum i think what they have in common with our own vote is that there's definitely a tier of like the top two teams in the West. And then, you know, maybe the next two teams in the West, you know, you have Fresno state, San Diego state, and then right behind them, you know, have UNLV and Nevada, which is pretty much how we had it as well.
0: Yeah. Those were, I, I am surprised San St. Jose state was so far behind Hawaii.
1: Yeah, that's, I, I would agree with that because,
0: I don't know, maybe because I guess you got perception. The Spartans were terrible last year, and Hawaii was. Prepared. They can move the ball a bit, but again, the new quarterback. They lose their starting running back. They do have John Ursua, lost Dylan Colley, who transferred their number two wide out. I th- I pretty I put Hawaii last in our poll, but the difference there, but there's tears, but I it's it's fine. Like UNLV third, like I'm higher on Nevada more as a dark horse. I don't think I put Nevada third in our poll, but they're close as it is. I think Nevada will win a lot of shootouts or lose a lot of shootouts. It'd be like a lot of 45 to 40 games either way, like the end of last year versus CSU and uh, Air Force. Mm-hmm. But Mountain Division side, um, how is Wyoming a clear number two by the media? Do you, can you explain that to me, Matt? I'm going to try. Good. Go for it. I want to hear your explanation. <laughs> it's, it's tough.
1: I think there's an argument to be made, which is kind of the argument that we made when we talked Wyoming in their uh, preview podcast. You know, the offense was so rough around the edges last year that there's probably going to be, you know, regression to the mean almost by default, which is to say there's going to be some level of improvement. And, yeah, they still, they're still they still trying to work out the running back situation. Trey Woods is out for the year uh, and Milo Hall transferred. So they have Kellen Overstreet and question marks everywhere beyond that. You know, their receivers are probably going to be a little better almost by default. Their catch rate's are probably going to improve at least a little bit. And you know, I don't think we need to say any more about the defense. It hasn't already been said. The defense is going to keep them in a lot of games this year, even when the offense scuffles. Yeah,
0: so I think so going I be think like, three to, I, z- three to zero victories, ten to six.
1: I mean, I think you're probably looking at a lot of seventeen to fourteen games,
0: mm-hmm.
1: sixteen to thirteen games. You know, a lot of a lot of games like the bronze boot last year, though maybe without the snow.
0: No more snow, please. More snow
1: but I think it's interesting because the biggest disparity, I think, and and I could be wrong about this. You could correct me on it, but it seems like our staff, at least is a little more optimistic about Colorado state than the media as a whole.
0: I'm, I'm not one of those people. So <laughs> that's true. I think I put them fifth. I believe I want to say, I don't recall, but it, it's, how can you beat Colorado State? They have a new quarterback, they lose their top receiver who got picked in the NFL draft, their defense is terrible. They have two new coordinators. Where is the optimistic for Colorado State?
1: I mean, for me, I think it's the offense because yeah, they are losing, you know, an all-conference quarterback, they're losing an all-conference wide receiver. But yeah, and we'll talk about more, we'll talk about this more in a little bit, you know, I think I'm a little more optimistic about their returning wide receivers than I don't know pretty much anybody out there who's not a Colorado State fan.
0: Well, they got the t- guy from Tennessee coming in. They have who's not suspended anymore. Is it Preston? Um, Preston Williams. Williams. Yeah, I was going to say Wilson. He's there. Obus Johnson. It's going to be a good deep threat. So there's stuff to be optimistic about. But whenever being transfers in, it's not always a sure thing. They're going to step in and be that guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's true. I, I also think that it helps that they have enough pieces coming back with the change to a 4-3 that you know you can feel good about their chances to improve at least a little bit on that side of yeah, the ball
0: that's what we said in the rams preview podcast i just put in number two like i think i put utah state too i think but again i'm not confident in like any team like i can any team in the mountain division has flaws outside of really boise state because the rams as we just mentioned rewind and listen again but the quarterback defense hasn't been great should be better new OCs new DC Utah State um it's they've been losing those close games in the past two seasons I think there was it one in 12 one in 13 in one possession games you got Wyoming whose offense while it's basically very difficult to be worse than last year I don't see how much better they could be if that'll be helpful and then Air Force like Air Force is Air Force their defenses are going to be great and they'll just run the ball over everybody and New Mexico has issues with everything and not just football but defense is just awful offense should be a little tricky but they have a new oc as well with them so there's too many questions but i guess utah state would be our my pick but i guess the rams maybe it is the offense because people are the running game that's why you want to be confident with the rams izzy matthews Dalen dawkins but rashard Bodie, i think he's still suspended from practice at the moment so that's not good
1: Well, actually, I think he just came back the other day.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't see that. But he hasn't been practicing, so that's not helpful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's a big of a deal. But you alluded to Utah State. And that might be the other kind of big story from these projected finishes. Because we've heard a lot from Aggies fans saying that they're being disrespected. You know, because the media picked them to finish fourth in the division. You know, we picked them to finish third in the division and
0: roll homers, apparently too. So,
1: so how much of an argument do you think that they have?
0: I would say this during year two of the offense with David Yost, we've seen flashes of them moving the ball well on offense. Um, Jordan loves the guy because there's no Kent Myers to mess around and switch quarterbacks. There's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, but again, for me, prove it to me because their running game has just been dreadful, despite getting. Um, players um shoot um drafted by the Packers what's his name um Nick Vigil no 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 not Nick Vigil running back um oh shoot Devont oh, Devontae Mays yeah Devontae Mays I was like wait that it? does not sound right but, like he gets drafted but he did nothing at Utah State he's hurt and so the offense should be better because of year two of wanting to pass a lot they have one quarterback in place um they don't have a running game to speak of until they show me defense is getting a bit better because they have a lot of guys coming back but for me, it's like last year. I didn't no no idea what to put them. This year, I put them two kind of by default, but because of those po- optimistic tendencies I mentioned. But they need to prove it to me. They can win a game like twenty to seventeen and not have to either blow a big lead, like or the UNLV game where they had to come back, come from behind to get back in the game. They need to, for me, to be more consistent. So I want to see it before I can say anything. Despite me putting them second, there's reasons to be there, but show me. That's what they got to do this year before I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that I think that's a fair point. I think one thing that Utah State has going for them, and we talked about this more at length in, in their preview podcast, the schedule does do them quite a bit of favors. It enables them to kind of build up momentum where, you know, even if their opener at Michigan State ends up being pretty rough, you know, they've got a chance to put together a very long winning streak if they can get things together. You know sooner rather than later and you know we don't necessarily know that they're going to have you know one guy or if it's going to be a committee because last i checked at at running back that is because last i checked you know there is an or between gerald bright or darwin thompson but you know i like the talent that they have coming back and i think it helps that they have a lot of experience coming back on both sides of the ball so you know, even though they ended up third overall, even though, you know, in my projected order of finish, I also had them third. I don't think it's going to take that much to push them farther, but it's those last two games at Colorado state at Boise state that I think is going to tell the story of their season when all is said and done.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. And I put in our, I did an early bowl predictions with the USA today poll coming out I think I put them again in Hawaii. In Hawaii bowl, so it's probably seven wins. So, mm-hmm. are you fine with that playing Southern Miss out in the? I think I put Southern Miss, but are you fine with that? That seems about because that's probably the fourth bowl game essentially for the Mountain West.
1: I I don't think they would complain.
0: I'll go to Hawaii for Christmas Eve, right? Or no, it's not on Christmas Eve anymore. It Got moved, didn't it?
1: It's a few days sooner. Yeah, interesting.
0: Um, here's what I actually I'm actually finding it here, so I can be accurate. I put them in the. And of course, somehow I have eight bowl teams. That's not going to happen, but I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Utah State versus Southern Miss. So, have fun, December twenty second. There you go. I think going to any bowl game is good for them. Well, I they went last year, but a step up from the Arizona Bowl is fine, and that's what the Hawaii Bowl is. So, for sure. So, one other media thing I want to talk about. I have a few more here. Um, should we? We got. Um, I think two things. Should we talk. Oh, three things actually. In my part, should we talk about the silence? Should we talk about running through the conference or expansion talk? You get to pick. Uh, Let's go in order. Okay, so the silence. So I put a post out there because I was watching Media Days. And if you know, there's this thing called the American Power Six, which is a joke. However, they're leaning in as hard as you can for that type of thing. So there's a question. Do you know who asked the question?
1: Uh, Not off the top of my head, no.
0: I'm not sure either. But the question basically was, what can the mountain was do to promote its league better, essentially? That's the gist of the question. There was I counted it, there was literally a seven second pause. It was open to the group, so it wasn't to like, hey, and this is toward the mountain coaches, I should mention it as well. So Bob Davy, Mike Bobo, Matt um yeah, Matt Wells, Brian Harson, Craig Bull, and um Troy Calhoun. The mountain coaches there. Yes. And I was making sure I got them all right. That's why I was like, wait, do I have them all? I should know everything. No, you got them. Yeah. <laughs> but so the question was to the group. So to, for there to be a short of a pause makes sense because it's for the group. Seriously, seven seconds of dead silence. Bob Davey comes in, mumbles, jumbles, blah, blah, blah. We just got to take care of our games. His answer ends up being okay at the end. First of all, why is Bob Davey answering the question? Why should he uh, – whatever. He jumped in. But how hard would it have been to do to say – I know you got Brian and It's like we are – it's like it's basically a jab – not a jab, but how are you going to promote yourself like the American Conference – they could have said a number of things like even the lame old craig thompson well we had the first bcs buster first playoff and new york six games where we've only lost one game in those big time bowl games we've done this this and this how hard would it be to say it's like well we if we go undefeated we're the we're gonna be the best conference because our team's gonna get that bowl game it's like there's a lot of small things they could have said they couldn't have they didn't have to go out and say the americans promotion of doing their p 6 thing is ridiculous it's a joke they could have just said we've Give out a few numbers, or heck, if our, if we like, they could have just jumped it right away. Have we gone twelve and zero? We're, we're going to be the best conference because we have the best team of this group of five. They could have said a lot of small things without like directly smacking around the other other peers.
1: They could have mentioned the need for a snappy hashtag.
0: Yeah, there could have been like. Am I wrong to say they 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 basically fumbled that answer to, to the worst possible way?
1: I mean, I think so. If only because. You know and this relates to one of the other things that came up at media days you know the idea that you know you're fighting for exposure simply by virtue of the fact that a lot of games are being played at night when voters may not be watching these games and so you know i think you have to put yourself out there a little bit you know especially if you're you know, if you're like a Boise or
0: well, not even Boise. It's more for like Colorado State or New Mexico what if, or Hawaii. What if they have a great year? Mm-hmm. Boise State gets it no matter what. They'll be fine. People know them, but are people really going to give respect to? Let's say Utah State has the amazing year. They ended up going like 12, 11 and one. You know what I mean? Like they win the conference. Are they going to get the benefit the out? They have one loss compared to say, let's just say Troy out there. Troy only loses to not Troy, but um, um, Florida Atlantic. Who people like? What if they only lose to Oklahoma? Are they going to pick Utah State over, you know what I mean, Florida Atlantic? If, they, if they're both one loss and that one loss is to, I don't know, whoever Utah State You know what I mean? Like, it's Boise State's fine, but it's the other schools. Like, if they go into feed like, even Fresno, it's like they'll be tough a little bit to get in there. But if some team that doesn't care about anybody in the comp, in Nashville, like New Mexico or San Jose State, not that they will, but you get my point. What if Nevada offense scores 80 points a game? Like, are they going to get this benefit of the doubt when they're playing at nine Pacific or something, eight Pacific? That Those are the teams that need to help, but there's a million ways they could have answered without sounding foolish.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you're right about
0: that. I saw other people like, well, we don't need to do it, but do it because Americans being – they're out there. And if you notice, like you look at various websites, they're like, oh, here's our top 10 or whatever they break down this conference. I'm starting to notice more and more, which it's probably because of what they're doing. And maybe because UCF was really good last year Houston Houston year before but they're including American in like their ranking like position breakdowns and stuff and they're not or even conference previews
1: Well it, it, let's put it this way if you are not if you as a conference are not willing to put yourselves out there and and, and sell the conference, sell your best performing teams a little bit year in and year out. That's how you end up with things like Texas being ranked ahead of Boise yeah. State in the coaches' <laughs> poll, or Texas, Texas, who by the way hasn't won fewer than four games in a decade,
0: or go back even further, Mac Brown, getting into not nod over Cal with I think Tyford was there in Cal those that year.
1: Yeah, I think that was two thousand four. Yeah,
0: when Utah made the uh, BCS and stuff. So, but yeah, it's like you gotta do something. Don't be obnox- I think the Americans being a bit ob- obnoxious with it, but they're going with it. It's like do something like. There's like I I put over at the guys at MWC board like hey here's something I wrote, wrote about what do you think they're like well what are you gonna do what are you gonna say about sounding like a fool but I think the American sounds like a fool but it's working for them and so
1: well, to to be determined let's put it that way well but,
0: but I mean when you look at the sporting news or USA Today or various websites they're including the American and the, with the other power conferences for breakdowns or previews that's a little bit of something right yeah I'm just saying a little bit
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> i hear you but also i always tell them get back to me when you make 20 million a year then you can talk right that's true and which they're not even close to that and so i just i don't need to beat this too much but it's like do something say something they're too reactionary are they afraid of hurting people's feelings like what what would the harm a bit of brian harson saying something along the lines of heck we've been to x amount of bowl games when i was a player as a coach our league right like he could have been said, look at how many big-time bowl games we've been to within the conference in the past decade we're up there we we've had this many look at the first on picks. he could have mentioned leighton van der esch getting picked you know what i mean there's a couple of things that even school specific could have used to promote the conference say here's why we're better or not even better than like here's why we should we're here's why we're proud of our league like you do know yeah I mean, or or
1: and, and i don't have the numbers in front of me but like i almost wonder you know, is the Mountain West facing more Power Five teams than the American? Like, are they are they doing things like as a conference where they're they're putting themselves out there, taking chances to be that one team? You know, is anybody in the American, for instance, doing what Boise State is doing and facing zero FCS teams? Um, because let's not you know let's not forget they're you know Troy, UConn, Oklahoma State. BYU. Yeah. Like, is anybody in the American doing that? that You yeah. know, of off the top of your head.
0: No, I'm looking at Cincinnati schedule. They do go to UCLA, but then they play Miami, Ohio, Alabama, A. AM, and M, and Ohio. I do know um, Central Florida has um you, you um who is it um Oklahoma. Oh no no that's sorry I'm thinking Fort Atlantic they I'm sorry Central Florida plays Fort Atlantic they play Air Force it's okay but. Remember last year you mentioned their best one was arguably Stony Brook, right? For UCF before they mm-hmm. um, beat Albert USF. USF, or USF sorry. What whatever, they're the same, right? <laughs> Don't let them get you t- saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying like looking at like UCF's schedule really quick, they have like South Carolina State, Florida Atlantic, Pittsburgh and North Carolina. That's not too bad.
1: I said I said back in the spring that UCF's going to lose to Florida Atlantic. You heard it here first.
0: Mark it down, folks. Is that in Boca Raton at the Owl's Nest? Uh,
1: I don't know that off the top of my head. I don't have that schedule in front of me.
0: I had it a few seconds ago. No, it's at home. So, yeah, here's the thing, too. They play three home non-conference games. They host Pitt, they host Florida Atlantic, and South Carolina State.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to take that much to really kind of push the conversation forward for the Mountain West. I think of it as you know, coming up with a spin that – puts forth the United for, it. and I'm thinking like, you know, you, if you're familiar with Fresno State's old refrain from the Pat Hill era, anyone, anytime, anywhere, just finding a way to kind of modify that message because the best teams in the conference have been willing to put themselves out there. Well, look at Fresno. You know,
0: we joked about Fresno a little bit, but they're going to win at UCLA. They're going to win at Minnesota. That three six, what is it, six for nine UCLA USC games. They may win a bunch of those games
1: yeah or you know san diego having the home and home with stanford arizona Uh, state you know even you you know even the the up-and-comers like unlv going to usc or you know nevada going to vanderbilt going to toledo putting themselves out there Mm -hmm. facing good teams you know here being able to come up with a united message that kind of stresses
0: that memphis is non-conference schedule mercer at home Georgia State at home. South Alabama at home at Missouri. Yeah,
1: Nah, I'm not impressed.
0: I'm going to say Mercer, FCS. Isn't Georgia State, what, three years removed from FCS? And so is South Alabama. Like, within the past five years, those two teams have been FCS, transitional, now full-fledged FBS members.
1: I mean, if I remember correctly, Georgia State was a bowl team last year. But, you know, yeah. a, sun, a Sunbelt bowl team that isn't, like... Appalachian cool. State doesn't impress me.
0: Well, they're now in, not in Sun Belt anymore, are they? Georgia State. No, App State. Yeah, they are. Oh, I thought they moved on. I was gonna say Arkansas State or Troy, but it, it, your point's valid. It's still exactly the same thing. So, I this they're fine, but it's like just say something. It's like why are you just clamming up and not doing a thing? Exactly. And so, um, all right. So let's move on to the uh, next part of it, which is kind of we alluded to before. There was a guy, um, Colorado and Kyle lyle is that correct i say his name
1: uh that would be kelly lyle
0: kelly lyle why did i say kyle i don't whatever sorry so apologies here's the thing he had a question to i think it was, was towards craig thompson i think it was wasn't it it I wanna, was
1: yeah s- something like that it,
0: basically i'll skip the question because that's more important he basically said is it better for the conference to have one team that's just super dominant 12 and 0 13 14 and 0 through the regular season wins a conference title game just to cruise by winning with ease or to be better to have a bunch of more competitive games in November where you may or may not have an undefeated team. It's pretty obvious, right? It's a former. Um, yes.
1: To, to to borrow a phrase from the immortal Ricky Bobby, <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last.
0: Yes. And if you want to compete, like say you're better than American, you got to have the team in that bowl game. Exactly, be. and if you look at like going over the past couple of years, like people don't care that the Mountain West has had multiple three plus ten wins, ten win teams. Who cares? You're still playing at the Nova Arizona Bowl. You're playing in the Cactus Bowl. Nobody cares if you're in those bowl games. Really, nobody watches a ton, a decent amount of people. But if you want to respect, like Boise State last year, crushing Oregon. Who cared about that game? They had, Oregon had a new coach and wasn't playing for much. Boise tried to stay ranked, but if you go with over the past couple years they're winning games like 10 the league has shown they can win 10 plus games multiple teams over Mm -hmm. so i don't want to say it's a dumb question i get the point he was saying but the way he phrased it was pretty poor i thought also had the rams been the front and center team to be like what boise state state is this year would he be asking that question
1: that's a good question
0: last year i mean i mean
1: think about think about this the last time that the Mountain West sent a team to you know, the New Year's Six Day Bowl, right? It was 2014. Mm-hmm.
0: It's been a while.
1: Do you know how many 10-win teams the Mountain West had in 2014?
0: Um, no, tell me. I have last year, which is three.
1: They had four. Four. Coincidentally enough, that was the year when all four 10-win teams were in the Mountain Division. <laughs> Boise State went 12 and two. Colorado State went 10 and three. Utah State went ten and four. Air Force went ten and three. You can you can have both.
0: Yeah, that's my point. You can have both. Yes.
1: And I, and I laid that out on Twitter, and I, I wish I had that that tweet storm in front of me. Oh, but boy. essentially, I was but essentially, I was trying to make the argument that if if the top teams in the conference, you know, reach like their ninetieth percentile, you know, if they play at their peaks all year long. And for the sake of argument in this case, I referred to Boise State, Fresno State, San Diego State. We end up with, in the best case scenario, and this is the one I laid out on Twitter, Boise State runs the table. They go undefeated. Fresno State, you know, they win the division. They, you know, go into the championship game with one loss. So basically in their season, their two losses are both against Boise State, right? Yeah. San Diego State loses to Fresno, so they don't get to the championship, but they're still a ten-win team, right?
0: Well, what? No, they'd actually be. Yeah, they could be ten and two if they beat Stanford and only lose to Boise and Fresno.
1: Yeah, so that's that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So you know, you have an undefeated Boise, probably your New Year's Day bowl game, right? Mm-hmm. You have you know Fresno probably going to Vegas. You have San Diego State. I don't know where they end up at the bowl game. So, but you assume that all three of those teams. Win their bowl games, which, you know, by the way, you know, if it wasn't for a couple of insane army drives last year, (laughs) that would have been the case last year, you know, Mm -hmm. where you have three 10 win teams, all of whom win their bowl games. But I think in that case, what you end up with, or at least what you should end up with, I don't know how the voters would actually, you know, vote in this instance, but that's a situation where you end up with three top 25 teams, which is kind of what you know Lyle was trying to argue for was the fact that you know the Mountain West used to put you know that many teams in the top 25 and yeah it happened once but you know I think that was the same year I think it was 2011 if I'm not mistaken where TCU went to guess what a BCS game
0: yeah
1: and and you know maybe it wasn't 2011 it was I think it was 2009 is the Rose Bowl year was that the year I think so. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up real quick. But you it, was t- yeah, it was I was 2009 where, where TCU BYU and Utah all ended up yeah, in the top 20.
0: There was a game. I was at the game. TCU Utah, two top 10 teams. TCU just rolled the floor with Utah. Two top yeah. 10 teams.
1: But that was the year that TCU ended up losing the Fiesta Bowl to Boise State. Oh,
0: that was that year. Sorry, I paused. But still, two top 10 teams in the Mountain West. Just saying, it, ha- it can happen. But his point, and, like, and, and
1: guess what? You know, all, the, all those teams beat very good teams in non-conference play.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, TCU ended up running the table in conference play. BYU only lost the one game to TCU. Utah okay, only lost their games to BYU and TCU. So it is possible. It takes a lot of things to go right, mm-hmm. but you don't have to sacrifice one to have the other.
0: Yeah, it's like I get his point. It's like he doesn't. I don't. His question execution was lacking. I think in this case. Yes. Like his thought process was there, but he didn't word it the right way. He his point was like, "Well, would you want 5-10 win teams?" Yeah, but you're not the ACC or SEC where you're still get recognition if you're 10 and 3.
1: And by the way, that I don't think that has literally ever happened in the Mountain West.
0: 5-10 win teams?
1: Yeah, they've had four, Before. but not five.
0: I know, I'm just putting it out three, you know what I'm saying? Like if you have four, even three, nobody cares. Unless you're if you're from these leagues and you don't go to a big game who cares right that's what mm-hmm. comes down to it. it wraps everything together with the thing before that was asked about how we promote the league better well we have ranked teams we have draft picks we've gone to this mini bowl game big time bowl games we've won most of them lost only one and it, by the way it's pitted against the whack boise state team that year but it's you. you oh, need,
1: and, oh and by the way we've waxed the floor with the american in the last few years oh yeah in the bowl games um
0: cincinnati houston twice State, mm-hmm. San Jose State had a commanding first quarter lead over South Florida last year in the yeah, opener. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, let me see this real quick since it's on topic. Could there be a four would there, could there be a fourth ten win team this year in the conference?
1: I'm gonna say there's a non zero chance of that. <laughs> I think it's gonna involve probably a couple of upsets and non conference play. But you know, if we're looking for ten win teams in the conference, you know, to kind of go back to the projected, uh, you know, order of finish thing, I don't think you can discount Colorado State and Utah State.
0: Those are the only two I was looking at. So,
1: but that's but that's just me. Okay,
0: all right. Was there anything else? There's one other thing I mentioned. Um, what was the last thing I was going to talk about? Um, or did we hit it? All? Oh, expansion. Right. Should we talk about that for a quick sec? Let's do it. So, if you didn't watch, Craig Thompson said that Gonzaga thing really got in front of us. Matt, can you explain to me how it got in front of everybody?
1: Um, I believe I can explain that with the the famed TJ uh, DJ Khaled gift. Congratulations, you played yourself,
0: <laughs> Craig Thompson. You're the dummy who talked about it to everybody. Whoever would listen to you, you talked to him about it. It's your fault that it got out in the public as much public as much publicity it received. So, I. Well, Who's talking to him to tell, say hey come on say this <laughs> or is he just doing it himself?
1: I mean expansion talk is always interesting, but you know, is are are they still more concerned with trying to beef up the basketball side of things or are they trying to add a 13th team for football?
0: Sort of both. He mentioned it's basically on pause. But he said there's a po- – like, the 12 team, like, they meet frequently for various reasons for TV stuff and this. Mm-hmm. But the basketball side, the 12 team is an option. And here's the thing. Like, had things gone perfectly, which they never do, they probably could have Wichita State, Gonzaga, and BYU for 14 basketball teams and still have 12 football teams. That league would be probably better than the Pac-12, better than the American, better than the A-10, better than the Big East – because people is still pretty good in basketball, they've been 20 plus games Gonzaga, top 10 teams in Nevada this year, which does state really good. But mm-hmm. no, they don't go that route. So they're still looking at 12 teams, but he also threw the Snuggets, we wouldn't be opposed to adding a 13th football member. So to do like uh, what UMass did with the Mac where there's 13 teams for all football. To me yeah. that to me that leads to the thinking New Mexico State. Because that's the only team out west that plays both sports. They're a current independent in football. That's the only team like if you're gonna have thirteen teams for football, that's like the only team that makes outside of UTEP, but UTEP hasn't been great the past while.
1: And that's an interesting thought. And, you know, I'm I'm not unopposed to expansion if things break right. I know a lot of people don't feel that way. You know, why bother adding a team like New Mexico State? Mm -hmm. I think it's all gonna depend on the sustain the sustained success that the Aggies can have sure. on the football field because you know they they made a lot of noise by making it to a bowl game for the first time since like the '60s and last winning. year
0: and winning and too. winning.
1: Mm-hmm. You know they signed their head coach to an ex- a contract extension. They secured you know an, a bowl agreement with the Arizona Bowl, sort of. Where sort of where <laughs> if the Mountain West doesn't have a team you know, they will go back to Tucson for that. And, you know, when they showed up last year, they showed up to their credit. But, you know, is it going to be a one-year wonder kind of thing? Or, you know, heading into a really crucial time in their program's history, you know, are they going to be able to, you know, stay on top of things? Are they going to be able to sustain success? Because, you know, as, as far as I know, and you can correct me on this, they've always had a pretty good basketball team. So that helps, right? Yeah,
0: it does. So that's why maybe they could, because they're independent football, bringing them in basketball and other sports for a while. But, but I, if, I don't but know. But if
1: they can sustain success on the football side of things, then it becomes very interesting. But that's a big if.
0: Yeah, they like you said, one bowl game in 60 years, essentially. Yeah. And then also New Mexico's going fight, to fight hard to not let that happen. That's also true, but it's just it's just the funny thing about it, it's like they're not going to expand anytime soon. It could some a- options could be down the road. If uh, I still think Gonzaga could come over in a couple of years once they realize the new West Coast scheduling deal for fewer non, fewer conference games, bigger share may not be all what it's cracked up to be. Because only, if you added two games, are they really going to add like Duke and North Carolina every year? Mm-hmm. Do you mean like something amazing team, top ten team to help their SOS? They, they don't need it. It's not... They're not hurting to find a seed in the, in the national... Or, excuse me, NCAA tournament. And, again, the Mount West they may slip up one or two more times, but they can still get a top-four seed if they're losing, like, five total games to, like, Nevada, San Diego State, and whatever non-conference tough slate they put together against, like, who knows, Tennessee or Arizona or, you know, UCLA. So... But the funny thing was, like, it got so out there in front of it. You talked to Mark Ziegler from the Union Tribune, like, day one. You talked to him at the Final Four. You blabbed your mouth before the even, before the meeting with the WCC guy. He was like, what are you talking about? We have in, our meeting scheduled in like three or four days. You're saying it's not going to happen? Keep your mouth shut, dude. How hard is it? Mm-hmm. So that's all I got in expansion thing. I thought that was interesting because he made it seem like, how did this happen? Well, look in the mirror, buddy. <laughs> Anything else? Are we good? Any other tidbits we need to discuss? I know we had the Rams scrimmage. Is that something important we should talk about for a half second? Yeah, why not? Who's your quarterback, Matt? Is it Colin Hill? Did he ask me this or tell the audience, Matt, did Colin Hill take any snaps in the scrimmage over the weekend?
1: I don't think he did.
0: Did he throw a pass? No, he did not. Looking at full, let me double check. on pulling. I, I should have asked you more closely before. Look more closely. Full scrimmage stats. He did not throw a pass. Okay. So he's not going to play week one against Hawaii, right?
1: I would doubt it.
0: So here's a couple of things we noted from there. Like it's, the quarterback race. Carter Samuels looks really good. So does Justice McCoy. But as we were talking before, you still think it's Carter Samuels, right, to be under center week one or week zero?
1: I've, I've kind of thought all along that Carter Samuels might be the exception to my skepticism about you know transfer quarterbacks.
0: Well, yeah, Marcus McMurray did pretty good for you too. So. That's true. Defrosting that thought. So I, I think it's gonna be Carter Samuels. Rashard bodies back or bodies back after his practice suspension, couple of TDs. Who's Warren Jackson? I haven't heard of that receiver. Is he going to be a big deal?
1: You might remember him as the guy who caught multiple touchdowns against Alabama last year.
0: I had to think. Okay, that makes sense.
1: And I'm just going to put this out there, you know, because I talked about how I'm optimistic about CSU.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was very close to putting him on my top 50. Ooh. Because And I, and I ultimately couldn't pull the trigger. He was one of the last people I, I left out. But you know, he's you know, not only is he a big dude, I think he's like six foot five or something like that. You know, we talked about him a little bit in the in the Colorado State preview, maybe not enough. You know, because you know, old BC Johnson is the guy that everybody knows because you know he's their leading returning receiver. I think Warren Jackson is gonna give a lot of cornerbacks headaches in the Mountain West this year. And it wouldn't surprise me if he goes over a thousand yards and maybe more so than, you know, Preston Williams, who we mentioned earlier, and, and Johnson. You know, I think Jackson's going to be kind of the, that next guy up who can be the the, the the big performing dude like a Rashard Higgins and a Michael Gallup.
0: So he's going to be – you think he's their number two guy then ahead of um, the, the transfers and Obasai Johnson?
1: I think when all is said and done, he's going to be their number one receiver.
0: Oh, because Johnson didn't play or didn't catch a pass in the scrimmage.
1: Yeah, I think he was. Oh no, he is it. No, oh, there he is. No, or, sorry. Or yeah.
0: Too Sorry, I looked at it wrong. I thought he had initials or something. But I need I need some glasses. I think, and I can't read this PDF very well today. <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's a Ram scrimmage. Nothing new on Hawaii front too much uh, because they're still trying to figure out if the Cole McDonald's going to be the quarterback in their run and they're running shoots. Oh, we should note Wyoming I mean at because we talked about New Mexico State. Wyoming I mean at New Mexico State, ESPN two game. Very nice. Very nice. So you have that game on ESPN two CSU Hawaii on CBS Sports Network. Boom, and also um, Utah State. You are the home of Facebook football.
1: (laughs) Not a bad thing, I don't think.
0: I like it's not a bad thing, but it's funny when fans Utah State fans try to spin it as the most the best thing in the world. Well,
1: I mean, I don't know if I would be that optimistic, but you know, I, I I always say the free is good. And so if, if you give me the option between like, like I said, paying for you know, five dollars a month for ESPN plus or you know making it available for free on a platform that I already use probably way too much as it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take free every single time, and you know I'm, and I wish I had looked this up beforehand, but you know how many likes does Utah State have on on Facebook?
0: Like their football program or the university or?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna try and look this up real quick.
0: They mentioned that like one of the games had 4, 000, 4 million reach.
1: And so I think that, you know, even if some casual fans are only gonna be tuning in for a little bit, you know, I saw a bunch of the games last year and I didn't really have a problem with all the bells and whistles. You know, if you blow it up to full screen it most of them disappear anyway.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, they have fourteen thousand likes the football team does on
0: Facebook on Facebook Mm -hmm.
1: you know and I I don't know how many followers they have on Twitter but it's very easy to get the word out on something like this it's very accessible you know it's mobile friendly which I think helps you don't have to pay for it
0: 35,767 on Twitter
1: yeah so I think that you know if your program especially if you're a program on the rise looking to generate interest you know this is a very easy way to get more eyeballs on the team
0: it is. I, I wasn't saying say it's a bad thing, but for them to – I put it this way. I know Facebook doesn't pay for these rights, so Utah State's technically, te- te- technically getting more money per game when they're on ESPN or CBS than any other team in the conference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that. But it's just kind of funny where it's like, oh, it's great. It's kick, kick times are great because Brian Harson wants noon every weekend. Kick times are great. It's great for fans. I'm just saying it's like if you're the casual fan flipping around – you're not going to find the game because it's on Facebook. You know what I mean? That's my only kind of gripe where you're on five games of seven, where it's like how easy is it for somebody to find your games if it's not like on your flip around the half dozen ESPN channels or CBS or Fox Sports that are all in that little grouping on on your cable box or streaming device.
1: Well, if, if you're a degenerate like me, you've got one game on the TV, one game on the laptop, one game on the phone, and one game on the tablet anyway.
0: Yeah, so. that's why I wish there was a four-screen ESPN now to get rid of that, dummies. But you're the you're the exception to the rule. They want more people to watch than not watch, obviously. And yeah. so they want people, oh, Utah State's playing this team. Cool, how do we watch it? It's on Watch Stadium or it's on Facebook. It's just when half their games run at that time, it's just – it's it's not hard, but it's not convenient either.
1: Yeah, I agree to disagree.
0: I'm just saying – I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but for them to overreact, to say it's it's awesome, it's not awesome. It's fine. It's good. It is free. It's really not that hard to find it, but – you give me the choice between Facebook and ESPN. I'd rather be on ESPN, right?
1: No ads on Facebook.
0: Sure, but then you're to hear the guys jabber the whole time trying to make time. Yeah. <laughs> Fill time. I'm so, a little less concerned about that. I, I, I sympathize with those guys talking for four straight hours, essentially. Yeah. So, uh, Andy, are we good? Anything else we can chat about? Do we need to I... – how are we going to podcast the, rest the way? Because we need to do news shows occasionally too. How is that going to work out? That's a good question. How, do we, is this offline discussion not to bore the people with? Probably, probably, <laughs> okay. yeah. I just threw it at you right now. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm doing this. So, All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You'll have a double-dose podcast on this if you listen this week. Probably maybe more. We'll see how the later today goes. But check us out, MWR.com, uh, Facebook, Twitter. We're almost um, – tw- are we at 2,000 Twitter followers yet, Matt? Are we close? We are,
1: we are very close. Last I checked, we're at 1975.
0: Oh, nope, 1976. So – Give us 24 more likes or follows, whatever you call it on fa- on Twitter. We want to improve our Facebook reach. We do some Instagram stuff from time to time, but follow us everywhere. P- Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, we're everywhere for podcasts can be found. So let your friends know. And there is a small chance, I will say this now, I'm, no, actually I won't because if I say it now and I don't do it, people get mad at me. So just stay tuned for some podcast stuff coming forth, perhaps I've done a year or two ago, maybe, maybe not. But um, this has been our, what, media day news wrap-up. And listen to this one, as you obviously are at the moment. But also, go back. We've done nine, maybe ten, depending on who you're listening, team previews. Go back and listen to those two folks. Tell us what you think. So, until next time.